Welcome to the Everyday Innovator Podcast for product managers, leaders, and innovators. Your host is Chad McAllister, helping you become a product master. Listen and get ready for higher performance, for the doctor is in. Hi, this is Chad, and this is where product leaders and managers become product masters, gaining practical knowledge, influence, and confidence so you'll create products customers love. I say that every week, and I mean it every week. That's what we are about. If you work with other people, which I think is about all of us, you're going to love this episode. People are either extroverts or introverts. For everyone leading a team or working in a team, you can improve the team performance by helping how introverts and extroverts interact. To help us improve team performance, I went to the person who has spent her professional life researching, writing about, and speaking on introverts. That is Dr. Jennifer Conweiler. She helps organizations harness the power of introverts. Her more recent book is Creating Introvert-Friendly Workplaces, How to Unleash Everyone's Talent and Performance. And remember, as you listen to the discussion, if you hear anything you want to go back to, we take detailed notes for you. We also prepare an action guide, a one-page PDF to help you put into action the concepts from this discussion. You'll find both of those resources at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 299. Now, I have to admit, this interview was basically coaching for me, but I know it can help you too. Let's meet Jennifer. Jennifer, thank you so much for being part of the Everyday Innovator podcast. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here, Chad. I'm thrilled to be talking because you are an expert in introverts, which is not something a lot of people study. And (laughs) you have a long history in this, actually. And I particularly was interested in talking with you because the first time, I don't know which assessments you you consider more credible than others, but the first time I took the Myers-Briggs type indicator, it had me about as far on the scale for introversion as one can get. So I, I, I figured out later, I missed it by one question to be all the way back. Right. But I pretty much nailed all the yes, you're an introvert questions. And I did take it since then, you know, several years later after some some big life events. And I was, I'm still certainly an introvert, but I don't scale as much that way on the scale. But I, I identify with introversion a lot. We can talk about what that means in just a moment. But I'm curious, how did this become your work researching introverts and helping us in workplaces work better uh, as introverts and with introverts? Well, Chad, first of all, thank you for having me. I, you know, there's really two, there were two propelling forces that moved me towards this work. You know, I've always been a helper. I've been a coach and a counselor and many roles in leadership development. And so I'll tell you the professional impetus first, and then I'll tell you the personal. The professional was, I kept seeing the pattern. I was working a lot in technology, particularly kept seeing the pattern of people that I was working with feeling very discouraged. Mm. And when I identified what was going on, because I knew like you took the Myers-Briggs, I knew about this language of introverts and extroverts. I brought that lens to some of my coaching discussions. And what I learned was they felt overlooked, ignored, misunderstood. Mm-hmm. I had one guy, I remember very vividly saying to me, I will never be a manager at this company. And he was bright. He had lots of potential, but he was so discouraged by what he saw around him. So that really was one, that and many multitude of other stories really moved me towards figuring out what could I do to really say to introverts, to give them the message that is nothing wrong with you, that you have incredible talents and strengths but you need to recognize those, okay? Mm -hmm. And so empowering introverts really became sort of my life's work. And the first book came out 12 years ago when I realized like a lot of, I guess, uh, consultants that there wasn't a book to share with my clients. I said, I better write this one. So that's kind of started me on that 
on that journey, four books later, I'm still fascinated by the topic. Very good. And the most recent book is Creating Introvert-Friendly Workplaces. Exactly. Um, so kind of a, a manual, just like the title says, and we're going to talk about those topics. But uh, go ahead, right. what are we going to share? Yeah, no, I was going to say that, and I'm glad you brought up the latest book because it's been an evolution. And my books are written, or the ideas I get just as I got from the first one, are given to me by my readers and audiences that I speak mm -hmm. to and, and clients. And so we focused on, I really focused in the beginning on empowering introverts on how to lead, how to influence. And then they came and said, you know what, I'm learning and I'm feeling very strong. I'm feeling stronger, but I still have to deal with extroverts. So yep. we came up with that book about teams called Genius of Opposites. And then finally up to the latest one, Creating introvert-friendly workplaces. I, I will just say quickly, there was a personal impetus too, and that really is underlying a lot of the work I think that many of us do. You know, And that's my husband is like you, Chad, he's extremely introvert. And we always laugh that Bill is a, a curmudgeon and an introvert, which is a very interesting combination. I think there's a few of those around, but, yes. and, you know, so we had to learn if we weren't going to really um, have tremendous problems, we had to really learn how to navigate that personality difference. And it was a major difference. And once we learned back when I, I laughed, because when I learned about this early on and I was realized I identified definitely with being an extrovert and I came home and I told Bill, it's like early on, you know, he was still listening to me then. <laughs> <laughs> so he had, he says like, yeah, we need to learn about this. So we use that. Now I don't know if he would do that many years later, but we are still together and we used it as a, you know, as a, a great uh, lens to look through yeah. and with our yeah. kids too, you know. And opposites attract, as they say, and, you know, not surprising that that happens. That's true. That's um, true. It would help be helpful to get some terminology down, right? Yeah. Because we hear introvert and ex extrovert. And just before this uh, interview that we're doing now, I was talking to my wife and two kids about this and about, you know, mm -hmm. what we think we are. And right. I shared my definition for this and my son's, my son who I would characterize as a shy extrovert, whereas mm -hmm. I'm an outgoing introvert, uh, is the way I would characterize myself. The, the definition I offered, he said, I, I just, I, I don't relate to that. I, I can't. That's not how it, it doesn't have meaning to him. Mm. So for everyone hearing this discussion, l l let's get grounded in the terms. What some of the terms are. No, I'm glad that introverts you're discussing. and extroverts. And that's great that you're bringing it up with your family, too, yep. because we all need to get clearer. So, you know, like anything with personality, there's not like black and white, but there are some trends and some mm -hmm. themes. But the, let's start out with the major differentiator. And what Carl Jung, who you know, I didn't make this up back in the 1800s. Psychologist Carl Jung came up with the idea that energy was really what influenced uh, personality, where you get your energy. And so what we typically think of with introverts is that introverts need quiet and they need silence. They need breaks. So, you know, as I've been working in this area, one thing I realized, if you ask an introvert, must you have a break after being in a very people interactive kind of situation all day, they will say, Absolutely. You know, Chad, if I were to ask you, you'd say, definitely, I need that because taking breaks and taking quiet time is where introverts recharge. You think of it like a battery. Okay. So, but we do know it's a spectrum, right? So there's, you know, people have some of both sometimes within them. The extroverts get charged up by being with people, by talking out their ideas with people, by that outside stimuli. Um, it's not that introverts don't like people. It's just how much. It's just the degree to which introverts can be with people. So that's mm -hmm. typically the overarching definition. There are many characteristics, which I'm happy to share a few of those if you wanted me to. We have them all listed in the books, but 
Okay. There's one aspect I, I want to yeah. talk about that. So the, the energy is the definition that I always think about with, for okay. this too, right? Uh-huh. But like I said, I, I am a outgoing introvert where my, I think my son is a shy extrovert. And a lot of times people associate that outgoingness or shyness with this too. Like, oh, that person's shy. They must be an introvert, right? Mm-hmm. Or that person's really mm-hmm. outgoing. They must be an extrovert. Right, um, right. But, but that's not really the case, right? Yeah, shy, shy can get in the way of you of some of your functioning. It can, you know, if you're you're so shy that you can't go to a, an event, you know, where there's people and you must go. It's like part of your job. Mm-hmm. That can be a real problem. But you can learn to overcome shyness too. It's not right. shyness. Shyness has to do more with anxiety. Yeah. Now, but just because you're an introvert or an extrovert doesn't mean you have anxiety. So, but shyness usually we identify as with the problem introversion, and that's where people have been misjudged, and there's a lot of bias around this, it has, it's not a problem. It's how you're mm-hmm. wired. It's a natural way of being. And that's the shift we're trying to get people to see. Shyness can be overcome. In fact, many introverts will tell me that as children, because they there was not very much knowledge um, about this topic, and there still really isn't, but it's changing, they were labeled as shy children. And that was a negative by right. teachers, by parents, you know, go play with Johnny, you know, don't go in your room and play with your trains or your trucks. You must be social, right? Or you must come out and see the people. And that's, there's a lot of negative messages that stayed with introverts or extroverts as they got older. But I tend to see it correlate a lot with, with introversion. Okay, good. So based on the descriptions, especially that, that energy, where we find our energy, where mm-hmm. we recharge and the like, is that usually enough to help people figure out, okay, I think I'm more introverted or extroverted, or no. are there assessments that can really help us dive into this? Well, th- even before assessments, I think one of the things we can look at are checklists. I mean, those mm-hmm. are all available. They're in my books. They're on the internet. You know, And you kind of have a checklist. And I remember I did this when I first took the Myers-Briggs. So you know, introverts, being calm, thinking, taking time to think, embracing silence, uh, humility, all kinds of things that really are kind of characteristic. Like when I, when Chad, when you got on the call, when we just said hello, I, my mindset, I wonder if Chad is, I started to think that you perhaps could be an introvert. And do you know why? Do tell. Your de- <laughs> it was your demeanor. It hmm. was it was your voice. It was your calmness. Introverted leaders we find are looked up to as people that that especially now you know keep solid. Their feet are on the ground. Mm-hmm. They're just they're just quiet and strong, but quiet. And so I just you know I just picked that uh-huh. that kind of up from you. Yeah, and that certainly that, fits, right? I'm I'm a study yeah. Eddie, right? It's just uh, very You're even keel and yeah. What's that? Yeah, people call you the Rock, probably right? Yep. Yeah. So that those, so when people go down that list and say, Oh yeah, I think I can relate to that. You know? So then you see the extroverts traits, you know, can get people to talk, you know, like to have be in a large room where they're having multiple conversations, you know, so you describe behaviors Mm -hmm. that are associated with each. And usually people can self-select as to what they are. There's also a term that we might want to mention too, Chad, and that is ambivert that some people relate to. Hmm. When I ask audiences, when, you know, I will ask, let's say in a live audience, as I've done in the past and now, now on Zoom, you know, do you, do you, th- how many introverts are in the, on the call, you know, and people will raise their hand and, and then extroverts. And I'll say, how many of you are, think that you're an ambivert? And there's usually a small percentage of people who say, you know what, I'm not, I don't see myself as one or the other. And basically it's like ambidextrous. You go hmm. back and forth. But what, a lot of times when I drill down deeper, they do identify with one or the other. Mm-hmm. I know I'm a strong introvert because of the energy issue. 
And I can fool people some of the time because of the group interaction. And I really like facilitating groups. But after doing so, I need my alone time, right? I need to recharge. Right. And there's a, there's a lot of myths, too, about introverts not being in people-facing kind of roles. Mm-hmm. And that's absolutely not true because you're very good listeners. That's another thing that introverts do well. There was a study that was done about seven years ago, which looked at, you know, who made the best leaders for extroverts and the introverted leaders hands down one because they were such incredible listeners. Mm -hmm. The extroverted leaders were interrupting. They were putting inputting their ideas and the leaders were listening a lot more. So the introverted leaders. Very good. Each type has its merits and strengths and we need these. Okay, introverts and extroverts, this is a brief timeout to tell you about the Rapid Product Mastery Experience, the RPM Experience. Organizations want and need their product managers and teams to perform at a higher level. Individual product managers, they want the same. No one wants to be average. To move towards product mastery and get higher performance, the RPM Experience takes groups of product managers or product teams on a nine-week journey, meeting virtually for 75 minutes a week. Participants get much more than foundational knowledge they need for success. I've seen teams collaborate more effectively, break down barriers, share information, and increase their customer focus. It's really a unique experience. If that's what you need, learn more at theeverydayinnovator.com slash RPM. Now, back to Jennifer. Let's talk a little bit about how making better use of our strengths. I I love playing to our strengths and and emphasizing that. Mm -hmm. So let's focus on the introverts because that's what we're doing here primarily. This is really just counseling for me, coaching for me. Um, No, but you know, I during the second (laughs) podcast post this week that said that I said I'm going to start sending invoices. That's right. (laughs) Free, Free coaching, love it. That's all right. That's fine. So how can introverts better relate to, to in the workplace, better relate to the people around them? How, how can they feel more connected? And like that guy that you mentioned before said, I'll never be a manager around here. I suspect he was feeling a little resentment that his ideas just weren't being received. Absolutely. Um, how, Absolutely. So help us. How can introverts do a better job? Yeah, well, introverts do very well. They're, one of their sweet spots, there's a couple, a couple that I love to mention here. One is to prepare and the other is to meet with people one-on-one or connect Mm. with them one-on-one. So, you know, preparing. So being very intentional about how you're going to um, approach different people in your organization, because we all know that it's not so much working harder, it's working smarter. And what does that mean? We have to connect. I think that's one of the things we're seeing now, Chad, is that people are complaining that they're losing that relationship building time Mm. that used to happen, you know, extemporaneously one on one. You know, you see lots of introverts one on one in quiet conversations. And some of those companies that I I went to visit when I was doing research for the latest book. Mm -hmm. So preparing allows you to kind of think about, well, what questions might I want to ask them? You know, schedule a phone call with them or in a one on one with somebody that I think I could learn from. I'd like to understand how our works intersects, or maybe there could serve kind of a mentoring role, but have an intentional reason why you're connecting with people. So introverts do it really well to, you know, using a thoughtful use of social media, using LinkedIn, if you don't, which allows you not to necessarily have to pick up the phone. You can start to build a relationship that way. Mm -hmm. So using preparation is really key. And the one-on-one connection really, I think, are the two areas where I've seen introverts really shine and have what we would say are deeper, you know, relationships. 
I'm not saying extroverts don't have deep relationships, but they thrive on breath, like having a big network with lots of people, millions of Facebook friends, right? Right. Smiling. (laughs) Well, not surprising because that's where they find their energy is with other people. That is exactly right. That is exactly right. Like I mentioned, the the idea of a big room where you see an introvert, like an extrovert, like a gadfly going around and learning a little bit about this person and knowing how to seamlessly move into another conversation which introverts, by the way, really envy. <laughs> they get caught with one person, right? Um, so, <laughs> so extroverts do have that skill. My mother-in-law used to say, she was also extrovert. I remember she used to say to me, Jennifer, you can get a tree to talk. So extroverts can get, <laughs> extroverts can get anyone, right, to talk. So, yep. But introverts can do that, and you'll see them. I mentioned depth versus breath, whereas extroverts are more breath versus depth. So that use that depth to your advantage. And those connections will be long lasting, and they're going to help you really move your career forward too. Yeah. Here's a quick aside, right? So as the introvert, I spend a lot of time working in coffee shops. I have a couple of my favorite coffee shops because I just like that environment. So even though I'm introvert, I actually, I appreciate the noise around me kind of the, it Mm -hmm. helps me concentrate better to have that kind of mauling around me. And so consequently, I spend my time talking every now and then with the people that work there, right? Typically high school students, college students, mostly high school kids. And these are five to 10 minute conversations at a time. And all I'm doing is listening and occasionally offering some feedback or maybe advice, right? And one of the coffee shops, I quickly became known as the dad of the coffee shop. And I was just amazed (laughs) in these five or 10 minute conversations that tend to go pretty deep, pretty fast. And the... The teenagers respond like, you know, we don't have there's not we don't have adults in our life that that talk with us like like this. Right. Uh And that's that impacted me like, really, why don't you? But I think it is one of my superpowers as an introvert that it's easy for me to go deep fast because I actually want to know. Right, I'm trying to listen carefully and I'm really curious about people and I want to know what's kind of driving you. Right. So I think there's strengths there for us introverts. Yes, I'm so glad you brought that. I bet there are a lot of introverts listening who would relate to that to that scene. Maybe it's not in a coffee shop, right? But that's what they do. That's what introverts do so beautifully, and that's what we have to let people see. That is a total strength. And I, I did want to mention one concept that came up when I was researching environments, and that's the idea of co- what you described is something called communal solitude. So I do co working. It's the same thing. Well, not now, but I'll go. I can't wait to go back. Because there's this idea that we get more done and we can focus more when there's move, movement mm. around us, when there's people. So again, that is a that's busting the myth that introverts don't like people. Mm-hmm. It's just how, right. right? And then you can choose to have that conversation and go back to your work. Yeah, right. Whereas and, the extrovert might get distracted and, st- right. and keep talking to everybody who's in the coffee shop as well, right? And at the same time, <laughs> I don't know if this is characteristic of introverts, chit chat, small talk, I find uncomfortable and kind of a waste of time. Yes. 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 But okay. If we're building relationships though, I know that's something we have to learn to, because the extroverts like that. Yep. Right. Yep. Some people like that. So, and then you can go, you just have to figure out and the introvert leader, I have some ideas for how do you move beyond small talk to substance talk. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Yeah. So basically, this is just coaching for me, and all introverts listening, this will be good. So we'll let, let's, let's help the other side, extroverts, do a better job relating to their colleagues who are introverts and mm-hmm. who they may not even understand why they're the way they, they are. Because we want to get our teams working well together. And so, how can the extroverts recognize this and relate better? Yeah. Well, one of the, the themes that I found with teams that were successful that were made up of both introverts and extroverts when I did research for Genius Opposites, uh, they one of the things that they did was I called it accept the alien. Mm. When you realize that somebody is different than you and you cannot change somebody else, that's <laughs> you learn that. That's extremely it take, takes away a lot of the stress because mm-hmm. if you're not spending your time trying to change them, you're trying to look for how to work with them. So that's just in general a theme for for how introverts and extroverts gen- generally can get along. Extroverts need to listen. I think that's the hardest thing that we have going for us or not going for us. And part of it is just how we communicate. If you ever see two extroverts talking together, they don't take any offense interrupting each other. Right. They kind of go, ah, da, 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 da. And introverts get lost in that, in that conversation. So what, we, what introvert, extroverts think is that when an introvert pauses, that they're done speaking. But they're not. They're, they're not. Thank they're re- you. Reflecting in their head. That pause was very hard for me. Just <laughs> I know to... it was. I, I saw you, you know, just, I had to jump in here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm learning. I'm learning. But introverts find it really appreciate when you let them speak. I mean, it seems silly, but I've had extrovert, but it's really powerful and important because, you know, we're laughing about it, but it's really true in companies in organizations, if we keep doing that, if we're interrupting, you know, I had one company, they, and I just describe in the book, where they call it loudership. Loudership means you, the loudest voice, the one that's interrupting, that's out there, you know, totally on steroids as an extrovert, is not letting all of those ideas, you know, and that vision and that creativity, you work, you know, you're talking to product manager, there needs to be innovation there, right? Mm-hmm. How, how are we going to hear the ideas? So if we're not letting people speak, we need to. And I have found that extroverts who are aware will do things like they'll discipline themselves. I'm going to let three people speak, you know, before I offer my opinion, that kind of thing. I'm going to encourage this person in the meeting to email me afterwards with their ideas and download them to me in an email because I know they're still thinking about it. It's cogitating, you know, and that's one thing we talked about too, the, the deep reflection so understanding how each of us is wired is so helpful in being able to really create that synergy so we get the best out of both of us. Yep. Along with listening, I would expect it's also helpful for extroverts in tune with this to try to draw out some information at times too, right? To not just create space for sharing, but to, in a meeting situation, be more, more overt and say, you know, Sue, what do you think about this? Yeah. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, that with a caveat, though, because yeah. many introverts will tell you that that is, can put them on the spot, mm-hmm. uh, which isn't all bad either. You know, there's, there's both sides of that. Like sometimes if introverts have the preparation, if they know what the agenda is, we have so many meetings that are dysfunctional that we don't even know what it's really going to be covered. If an introvert can have even just a few moments, you know, as her, the team lead is walking by her, what do we have now? Cubes, I guess, right. <laughs> or calling on the phone uh, and saying, here's what we're going to cover. And you know what, I'm going to ask you to have some input on this, or, you know, think about that. You'll get so much richer input 
mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Or if we do something like brain writing in a meeting. So if we're, if we're tuned into introvert sensibilities, we can say to everybody in the group, okay, here's the question on the table. I would like everybody to take three minutes and write down their thoughts from their mind right now. And let's get them down on paper. Nobody say anything. Right. Okay. Your introverts will be so grateful. Because then you can call on them or then they can speak up and they've had a chance to give you their best, not just what's off the top of their head. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that one, right? Because brainstorming is harder for introverts. And the reality is we have 50 years of research now that tells us that traditional brainstorming just doesn't work well. But doing that one simple exercise that you just shared, right? Three minutes, everyone, write your list of ideas, and then we'll start sharing them. Um, It makes everything better. It does make everything better. And it, you were, that way you're showing that you're really attending to mm-hmm. both, both temperaments for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear you validate about the research. Yeah, it makes it. And yeah, I've why tried, are we still I've doing it, it right? then? Yeah, I know. I know. Okay, so I, I want to share an experience of mine with you and, and get your insights on this because maybe some people. Again, coaching and counseling. I, some this is it. You know it. Again, this Dad. might connect with people. <laughs> So, and longtime listeners will, will find this familiar because I've shared before, but I had this really interesting experience. First, as an introvert, I had many experiences where at the table, I would share an idea. It would seem to fall on, on, on deaf ears, and then someone else would share the idea and then everyone would go, oh, that's great. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. looking around going, what's going on here? Just, right. And then... I had this experience with the Center for Creative Leadership, one of their six-day immersive programs. And they have, you know, there were 11 of us in the program and 13 observers, right? It was just insane. Giving you all this feedback all the time. And one one event was videoed, which was very useful. And this exact thing happened in the meeting, right? And I got to see how I was interacting with in the meeting and how I was sharing ideas. And that was so incredibly powerful for me. And now as an introvert, I'm comfortable helping others with that. And I, I, I would be happy if an extrovert brought this up to me as well and recognized that first, this was simple mechanics, right? One thing, I was just talking too softly and people couldn't hear me, right? And I didn't even realize it. The other thing, my brain is engaged in that meeting, right? Everyone is talking and I might even be judging a little bit and going, and this isn't helpful, right? We're not going to head in the right direction. And I have the solution to my head and I'm engaged and I'm following along. But if you were to look at me, you would not see it in my body language, right? Right. Um, right. I did it in my body language, watching the video. I'm like, I don't even look present, but as an introvert, I'm super engaged and I needed to figure out how to sync those things up. What are your, what are your thoughts on this? So I'm curious what you what the end of the story was and what you so, learned. What so you the did. end of the story was one I did recognize I talk softly a lot of the time, and mm-hmm. I if I'm going to be heard, I need to just actually make sure the volume is loud enough to be heard. It's helpful for me to ask people for feedback so I know that they heard the key points. And then to change my body language. And that, that part took me just a little bit to get used to, right? Uh, and I felt like I was acting a little bit, but now it's yeah. much more comfortable. Right. Where, yeah, I, I started just doing things like looking at the person talking and shaking my head, nodding in agreement or, you know, sh- shifting a little bit, looking at I'm more present than just the wheels are spinning and people can't tell. I love it. There's so many lessons there. I'll just kind of pick up just a couple of things you said, and and you're so self-aware, Chad, and that's part of the development for all of us, too, is to just think about having a camera, not just a real one, Mm -hmm. all the time. What are we projecting? 
And even that could make you sit up in your seat differently. I love right. that you said eye contact. I don't want people to become loud if they're soft. That's just, that's not you either. I mean, yeah, you can raise the volume some, but here, here are some other thoughts. Yeah, negative impressions are very powerful. So there's something called a perception gap that what we're intending to show, like I'm engaged, people are not seeing. Mm-hmm. So what you did there was a great example of trying to narrow the perception and gap. What I'm intending to show is not what's coming out. So what behavior could I execute? What could I put in that middle? I'm going to have two bars here. What can I do to, to, short, to shorten, make it less wide, that difference, right? right? And you did that. So uh, people like to think about, okay, what's a behavior I could change? I don't want people to change everything. Two other thoughts that, ca- that come up. One is to have an advocate. If you're going to be in a regular meeting or you know it's a meeting with people mm. very extroverted and have an advocate because we as women have learned to do this. Mm-hmm. Women are in male-dominated organizations or in meetings have learned to bring in allies and advocates or any kind of people of color, yeah. people who are not being heard or they're their uh, idea is the word is hijacked is being hijacked mm-hmm. by somebody else. I love that idea. It's for them, you know, Chad, Ch- I believe Chad just said that Chad, could you, or just said, made that comment, Chad, could you expound on what you were thinking with that? Mm-hmm. You know, so you turn the direction from the person who took your idea to <laughs> back to the original person. And it's very difficult to do that alone by mm-hmm. yourself. That's so good. those are, those are just some, some real thoughts on that. But I think you were, you were spot on with, with also developing yourself. And it's sometimes very hard to know what's happening without going to a professional development program. Yeah, it was a pivotal moment for me, having yes. the feedback and having the, the video evidence. And that made a big difference for me. So introverts struggling with these things, maybe try video and, and see see what you look like to yourself. Oh, you should do that. I, You know, when I started doing more keynote speaking, my coaches would say to me, you must mm-hmm. video every speech or at least audio tape and I'd be cringing listening to myself, but that's how you get better. That's really how you get better. I'll never forget just a quick aside. When I was started doing stand-up training, I was so nervous. I was doing these programs um, for executives and I, I looked at the tape, the training tape and they had me, I had the marker in my hand and I was throwing it back and forth from one marker, Mm. one hand to the neck. Nobody was listening to what I was saying. I was so nervous. So body language, we don't, we're not even aware until we see ourselves. Right. Right, Chad? Yeah, and that's that perception gap you talked about. So mm-hmm. good tools. Okay, I wanted to, because we're w- working so much remotely these days because of COVID, and I think that's probably going to stay in a bigger way than, than not, even yeah. if we get through this. Yeah. Any suggestions just how that changes so, some of the things we've talked about? Well, I think there's good and bad news, or the pros and cons are the solitude is really uh, great for introverts who, you know, focus we've done so much in meetings and with, and in teams. So having that ability to really go deep and to focus and to arrange your day so that you can do it when you're at your peak. If again, if you're, I shouldn't say again, but it depends on variables with your boss and with the, with that kind of thing. So I think those have been, been really positive. I think what we need to be doing, I mentioned about the loss of connection is if you're leading or if you're involved with a team is really being intentional about checking in with people and having conversations with them because we really could easily lose uh, sight of where there are uh, problems that are either there or or in the future because people are dealing with so much stress right now at yep. home and with remote schooling and all of that and kids around and just anxiety um, about the future. 
And that's going to affect work. So that's why we have to double down our efforts, whether we have people working for us or just our team members, our customers, our clients, you know, reaching out to people, say, how are you doing and what's happening? And I have found, I don't know about you, Chad, but people are very open to talking now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that has changed. And there's many more conversations that start at a personal level than probably used to. It's not just all about work. No, it's not all about work. And that's, I think that's a positive. I think that's a a positive and related to introverts. Introverts tend to like to be private until you get to know them. Hmm. So this is really sort of fast forwarded that, hasn't it? By having that intimacy of the screen, by having the conversations more accelerated. Now we are getting to know people in different ways and some of the challenges and some of the joys that they're, they're experiencing. So I think a lot of us are dealing with the same issues introverts, extroverts, ambiverts. So it's also bringing us closer together. Yeah. I, I learned a good lesson recently that I do this uh, training. It's called the uh, rapid product master experience with groups. And we do it virtual. It's been designed that way from the beginning. Uh-huh. And we meet for about an hour and 15 minutes a week and discuss concepts. But <clears throat> the first part of that, taking some insights from Google's uh, Aristotle research on how virtual teams work well, is uh-huh. just a non-work check-in question, right? And I have, yeah, yeah. I have questions I like to ask. Um, and in a recent group, one of the gentlemen in the group followed up with me later and was really kind of offended at these questions and said, they, this is much too personal for me to share, you know, at a group like this. And I regard them as kind of lightweight questions they're meant to be. But it struck me like, you know, from the way he looks at this and, I, and my sense is that he would be as introverted as me, right, uh-huh. is that it was just it was personal. It was, it was too much to disclose. Um, Can you give an example of one of them that you asked that you remember? That oh, the, so you know, the, so one question is, who is someone that you admire? And in that really? discussion, a lot of it is you know, a lot of people say their mom or their dad and, you know, usually things. Right. But, but right. they're not really hardball personal questions and you can interpret right. them different ways. But, but he interpreted them very personally. And the thing that seemed to help was I said, I, I can't really change that time is important for us to do. Mm-hmm. But here's all the questions. Here's, here's all the questions I'm going to ask so you can think about the answers ahead of time. And that that helped a lot, right? And I think that goes with the introverted kind of a one strategy yes. that you shared. Let them prep. Yes, right? totally. Uh, no, I, lo- I love that. And he was taken. He was a little bit shocked because he didn't have time to think about it. Yeah. And he's not. And a lot of times, introverts do keep, as I say, they keep things close to the vest till they trust you and know you. Yep. He may not have that with everybody in the group. Right. Or, or certainly with me. Right. So because we're well, now he new, does. New to you, each other. You reached, right. Yeah. You, you reached out to him. Yeah. One of my my colleagues and, and, and clients, Josh over at Synchrony Financial, does a he does a great exercise similar to you. But he he told me about one that I love that he has he puts together and there are programs that do this now. He asks people different questions, ask them to submit images. Mm. So, you know, what was your favorite vacation spot? What does support look like to you? You know, some That's that were fun. related to work, but a lot of also out. Yeah. And then he puts them together. And there's something called, I think, Jamboard you can do that yep. with. But, uh, exactly. Right? I've so you it. could do Right. You used it. Okay. I did, and so, and then he has people guess who it is, who are the people that put it together. And he said, it never fails to be a wonderful team building exercise. So we need to dig back into our files. You remember all those team building exercises and, and start really pulling them out now and not just assume because we're doing virtual that that has to be put aside. In fact, that's probably more important. I think it's more important now. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Okay. Wonderful conversation. Great coaching for me. Thank you so very much. Um, (laughs) All right. Where's my turn? I have some questions on that. (laughs) 
I've been fascinated by that rapid, what's it called? Rapid growth? Rapid. My thing is RPM, rapid product mastery. Um, Yes. And I heard your other guest uh, talk about a similar uh, program at Google that he had done, which is a five-day Oh, yeah, the design sprint. Yes. The design sprint. So I love this. I love all these ideas. So we'll be, we'll do a little trade. Okay. Uh, Be glad to talk more. (laughs) We can do that. It's great. Great. As listeners know, I love innovation quotes and ask you to bring one and what that one means to you. Right. So my quote is, life is a dance between making it happen and letting it happen. Hmm. And never forget that no matter how caught up we are in the world, life is shaped from the inside out. And that's Ariana Huffington. Okay. How do you think about that? I like it. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like her. And she lives this. And her company, Thrive Global, lives this. It's about being centered and getting in touch with ourselves and under and self-care because she, her whole story was that she got out of whack and came and now believes in the power of sleep and self-care. So making it happen. Yeah. You know, go out there and make it happen, but never forget that you are the person who you can't lose sight of and yeah. all of that. And I, I try to remember that every day to do self-care. Yeah. And it's surprising to me how often when I just let things happen, they happen for my best interest, right? That I'm, I'm there's times when you yes. have to take action, force things. And there's yes. sometimes that you realize you can't force things. It's not going to work out. And often things kind of just come my way that I'm happy about, right? So that's good too. Okay. Thank you for sharing that quote with us. As innovators, We sometimes we force things and sometimes we have to let things work out. We do experiments as innovators, as product managers, and we like doing experiments so we can learn more along the way. And, then, and that can tie in. Okay, for listeners that want to get their hands on your book, as well as find out more about what you're doing, the book is Creating Introvert-Friendly Workplaces, and you have other resources available. Tell us, where are the best places to go for that? The best place, Chad, is my website, which is jenniferconweiler.com. We're launching a new one within the next two weeks. Wonderful. And uh, it's you have the spelling on there, so it's uh, we'll, we won't. It will be in the show notes to make it easy for people Good. to get to. All right. Good. And I'm most probably most active on LinkedIn. So I'd love people to link in with me too. And we can continue to learn from each other. Excellent. I will put your LinkedIn profile uh, link in the show notes as well. So Jennifer, thank you so much for spending time with us today, sharing insights into introverts, helping us who are introverts feel like we can contribute more and relate better. And those that aren't uh, giving them some tools to help relate to us as well. Well, Chad, you said this was people tell you that you're the one of their favorite podcast interviews. And I have to say, after this time together, I would put you up there. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, that's very kind. Thanks, Jennifer. Thanks again for listening to The Everyday Innovator. This is where product leaders and managers make their move to product master, getting practical knowledge, influence, and confidence so you'll create products that customers love. To find all the insights that Jennifer shared with us, we took detailed notes for you. We also prepared an action guide, a one-page PDF, to make it easy for you to put those concepts into action. And that is all at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 299. Keep innovating. Thank you for listening to The Everyday Innovator, which teaches product managers to become product masters. For more resources, please visit theeverydayinnovator.com.